Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. First, let's have a look at the main business stories in the newspapers and websites, which we will do once again with the insuperable Aidan Donnelly from Davies. Good morning, Aidan. Good morning, Joe. You're running out of superlatives now. You're going to have to go in. in I don't know where you're going to find next abuse. week. Abuse. How about <laughs> abuse? Why don't you use abusive <laughs> terms? Uh, <laughs> anyway, you're back from your holidays, Aidan, and good to have you on the show. Can we start with Joe Brennan in the Irish Times? He's a piece about offshore drilling and Barry Rowe. Yeah, I think that this is this has obviously been a saga that's been going on for quite some time, and I I, I think wide more on a, a wider scheme, it, it reflects the difficulty a lot of companies are facing trying to raise money now in 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 markets after last year. There doesn't seem to be as much uh, appetite for for higher risk adventures. But Barry Rowe obviously has been going on, and they're in an effort to try try to raise emergency funding from large shareholders, basically to keep the oil explorer afloat. Um, it's looking as if that may well come up short and the company may have to go in into liquidation. They're, they're basically running out of cash because they're trying to seek funds to to basically pursue a legal action against Minister for the Environment, Eamon Ryan. He, he made a decision last May not to grant a permit for further work uh, on the company's key Barry Row oil and gas prospects. And uh, as a result, um, you know, the, 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 the long-term viability of the business it was called into question um, but seemingly there are now no discussions between the major shareholders to come together to try to provide funds to go into this legal case and um, the one I suppose hope out there was that that Larry Goodman, who owns about twenty percent of the company, was going to step up. He certainly said he was going. To, he certainly stepped up a, a few months ago to, to as a funding backstop. He put forward forty million, um, but. Then the the news came that the the Eamon Ryan had basically relied on, on on certain criteria within his department to to not grant a license. So it's 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 all a bit of a mess, I'm afraid, and and it's looking as if it's it, it, it's not going to end well. Yeah, indeed. And there was a few years ago, maybe a decade ago, when Providence Pre um, was the name of the company, and mm-hmm. um, they thought they had struck commercial oil, and there was great hope. But now it looks as if there is a move on political circles to keep oil in the ground, to keep gas in the ground because of its uh, fossil fuels. Yeah, it certainly does. And if you look at the history, you know, the the, the, the company's burned through about 270 million of cash in the last 12 years. So it's, it's you know, it, it has been a, a rather big hole that money has gone into and not a whole lot of oil has come out. Yeah. Now, let's go from fossil fuel exploration to renewable energy. And Paul O'Donoghue has a piece about solar panels in the Irish Independent. Yeah, this this might might raise an eyebrow or two as people look out and see more rain in the middle of July. But <laughs> the ESP and Board of Mona are planning to build a massive uh, solar power farm in Kildare. They're working with uh, Voltalia, which is a, a French renewables company, and they're going to build a 108 megawatt solar fa- uh, farm in Kildare. Now, just to put that in context, that'll really get, uh, that'll give about enough electricity to to, to meet the annual needs of 25,000 homes and. It's one one of, of four Midland locations that Bordenamone and ESB have identified across Kildare, Offaly, and Roscommon. And and again, I suppose when as as Bordenamone moves out of of peat production and things like that, they do have an awful lot of um, uh, bogs, etc. That it is quite viable to put. Um, 
to put solar panels on and 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 you know allow the the bog to re- return to its natural habitat as well. So, the ESB are expecting to to invest nearly two hundred million over the next two years in the first phase of their uh, solar rollout, and and uh, you know it just looks as if there's going to be more and more of these identified. Yeah, it's, so it's it's very interesting how they're going to like when I was a young, much younger man, I remember going out to the Midlands to dig. Pete uh, with a schley that was the device known as it was known as a schley and um, my father used to drag us out there and of course you know when when you're a young stroppy teenager that is the last thing that you wanted to do so yeah. it's definitely particularly found- in today's event, in today's world particularly when you might not get a signal on, on the phone you know Sign- signal schmignal back in the, in the, in the mid 80s yeah so Bordemona finding um, finding new uses for its land which is uh, good for the environment uh, let's move on to the markets and wheat prices. Sarah Collins in the Irish Independent, um, and so it's something that we covered on the show yesterday, wheat prices are soaring. Yeah, and, and I suppose we should not really be surprised this when we're seeing the escalation in, 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 in the Ukraine. And really the back of this is, is uh, Russia has basically uh, exited a, a, a year-old deal to allow Ukrainian food safe passage out, out to the Black Sea, the three Black Sea ports. But not only that, now they've started to, to um, uh, shell Ukrainian port infrastructure and starting to threaten uh, cargo ships. So as a result, we've seen, we've seen markets getting very, very, very jittery, um, and wheat prices were up nearly nine percent yesterday. Now, I suppose people will, will, will say, "Oh, well, most of that is going. Most of that uh, wheat exports goes to the Middle East, Africa, and Asia. Asia is not going to be a problem." But obviously, it is not a, a problem because it has huge knock-on impacts uh, to to the general grain prices across the globe, and that's ultimately where you know we in Europe would start seeing. Um, uh, uh, it, it trickle into food price inflation. Now, food prices had started to slow in recent months, but we're, we're still looking at double-digit um, uh, uh, inflation rates in, in, in food. It was up over 10% in Ireland in, in, in June, and this is just going to add uh, further fears. And I suppose it's the last thing that the ECB want to hear um, you know, as they're trying to get inflation in general under control, that you know, one of the one of the bigger elements of of general inflation is obviously food. Now, for most people, they, they we, you know, when when the economists are looking at inflation, they strip this out. Uh, food and energy is usually stripped out, but the reality is, for, for you and I, food and energy are are, are two important components of of, of the uh, annual spend in, in for households. So, you know, you can't necessarily just say, "Oh, you know, it doesn't matter." You know, we strip it out. But the the it will be interesting to see uh, the the. The UN Security Council meeting today to discuss the standoff, um, and I think the other thing to bear in mind is that we have seen some of the grain exports go out via land uh, through Poland, but even Poland and Hungary and some of the eastern states have been complaining and and have actually put a temporary ban on some of the domestic sales of of wheat, maize, rapeseed, and and sunflower seeds because it's impacting the prices that their farmers are getting uh, because all of this um, seed is going out through Poland. So it's a difficult situation um, and, and, you know, one that you know, definitely hasn't gone away. Yeah. Uh, finally and briefly, the dollar. It's been unloved for the past few months, but it gained a little bit uh, yesterday. Yeah, it's been very, very volatile, um, particularly in the last couple of weeks. We had, you know, the year started, it got quite weak and then it, it had a decent rally. And, and in the last couple of days, 
you know, we, we have seen a, a bit of a rally really on the back of uh, employment numbers yesterday. Again, the labour market remains very, very strong in the US and, and that's feeding through to, you know, what's going to happen on, on, on interest rates. And, and certainly, you know, a couple of months ago, the, the, the expectations would have been that we'd see interest rate cuts by the end of the year in, 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 in the US. That's now completely reversed and we're likely to see potentially another 50 basis points or maybe even another 75 uh, basis points. That's regardless of a percent increase in interest rates between now and the end of the year as the Fed continue to try to, to kill off inflation in, in, against the backdrop of, you know, an economy that continues to surprise people in terms of its, 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 its longevity. Yeah, indeed. Aidan, thank you so much. I hope you're having a lovely weekend plan. You're not going to any of the All-Ireland final this weekend, the hurling, no? I am not. I might get to see it on the television. That might be where it is. Enjoy it uh, either way. Uh, Aidan, that's Aidan Donnelly from Davies. Back it up. Uh News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.